Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we are qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our website skydemily.com. And alexlacy.com, as well as ladieswholondon.com for the dedicated website, the show notes, and all the info about stuff that's coming up. Well, <laughs> hello everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. And Alex. Starting out with an apology. <laughs> yes, what are you what are you apologizing for? Alex? What am I sorry for this week? Um this week I'm mostly sorry that last week I made a bit of an editing fail <laughs> and fail. everybody got a bit of a peek behind the curtain into the chaos that is uh, the recording and editing of Ladies in London podcast and there were a couple of interjections that probably shouldn't have been in there. Yes, I would like to apologise if anybody heard any bad language from my <laughs> side of the table and uh, Alex would like to apologise for... Other emissions. <laughs> Other emissions. Um, some of you might have heard it. Some of you might not. But um, but yes. We did put up a, another another version of it after we realised that uh, there was lots of dead air and then lots of lots of silliness that um, should yes, have. Other kinds of air. Other kinds of air. Exactly. Other kinds of air. Exactly. Just underlining how slick and smooth we really are at podcasts absolutely we really are professional um and to try and make us more professional this week someone you might have realized there was a third voice just there who was that who was that we're being joined we have a guest this week who are you i'm heather hello what do you do i'm a london tourist blue badge guide yes but 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 i live in portugal yes I've, i've been wafted away a little bit from london as of I this week. So I'm staying with Heather um, in Portugal for a week. and still committed to the podcast, still recording, even though I'm on holiday. But I thought it'd be lovely to get Heather involved. Absolutely. And it's quite lovely, actually, that I am talking to you both, you know, for all the way out in Portugal. How lovely. Because <laughs> normally it's only a few metres down the road. But... Yes, exactly. Normally you're just around the corner. But um, no. so you're away and having yes. a lovely time. Hello from Portugal. Mm. Bon, boa tarde. Is that right? Botard. 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 Botard to you both. 
<laughs> that was beautiful. Very good. Well, Emily. Very good. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> How are you, Emily Dell? I'm very well. Um, and I just wanted to, to point out that you took me on a date a couple of evenings ago. I did. You're my we girl date. You're my. We can't say uh... too much about it because we don't want to spoil it if you go. But we did. Uh, we did a bit of a, an immersive Doctor Who experience, didn't we? It was, it was great, wasn't it? Mm, it was very, very good. The attention to detail was exquisite, and we were running around like absolute lunatics. We were. It was fantastic. We had a great time. We did. Yeah. So thanks for that. So yeah, I've had a good week. Good. I'm very glad to hear it. Um, well, I um, have a couple of hellos to say to people this week. Oh, um, we uh, On Saturday, just before I came out to um, Portugal, I had a Westminster Abbey tour. And what was really lovely is so many people who were on it were sort of coming up to me going, we've booked on because we listen on the podcast. So I want to say <gasps> hi to Aoife and her boyfriend, who's, I'm sorry if I've forgotten the name of your boyfriend, I can't remember. But hello to you both. Um, and then also Mandy as well and uh, Vanessa, who all came up and uh, and uh, listeners to the podcast. So thank you so much oh, for coming excellent. along. Excellent. Gosh, we've actually got fans. I know. It's quite bizarre. It's quite bizarre. But it's, it was funny because everybody came up and they were like, oh, I'm, I'm used to listening to your voice and now I'm seeing it in real life. It was it was hilarious. Funny. You know, um, just I was looking at our fan mail a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> our one and only piece. <laughs> if anyone else would like to write to us, because it's so lovely, isn't it? Just having like a bit of a pen pal. Not that I've written back <laughs> yet. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, she really is um but oh lovely okay well hello to everybody that went on westminster the westminster abbey tour absolutely have you got any shout outs before we get going um no? okay moving on <laughs> shout out to carmen who today ate broccoli oh good for her good for her She'll be eating you out of house and home. So this week, where are we going, Emily Dell? It's your week. What's happening? Well, hang on. Just hold yourself for a second, Alex. Oh, what have because I there's a bit of a competition, isn't there? <gasps> oh, yes. How did I forget the competition? Ding dong, <laughs> merrily on high. Let's not forget that Christmas is just around the corner and we've got yes. a Christmas competition. We have. We have. Um, which uh, is now closed. So please don't enter. I mean, you can enter, but it's not going to help. Um, and this is to come and join us on the recording of our Christmas podcast, which will be in uh, a black cab. Um, and so we are going to do the uh, draw on, uh, well, not on air, what are we? On record now. On so record, live record. Everybody who messaged us either on email or on Instagram, um, either through the form or just a little message, um, we've put you all into the hat. Um, which I should say is actually a random generator online. I'm so impressed with this. I know. I'm really glad you said that because I was looking at the list, this huge list of names, and I was thinking, how big is that taxi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can't fit everybody in, Heather. It's uh, We're going to pick one, and they're allowed to bring a plus one. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to slot them in at the top. <laughs> yeah. So we've only got space for one person, pl- uh, and they're plus one. So we sat on our laps. I mean, we yes. haven't mentioned that, but... So are we ready, Emily? Uh, yes, so I'm going to record it on my phone so then I can put it on Instagram. Okay. Yes. All right, so here we go. So all of the names are in here. Whoops, hang on, there we go. And we're going to shuffle the names. Pick a random name. Here we go, pick a random name. How do we do it? There we go, fine. So I'm just going to shuffle a couple of times just to make sure that everyone's 
you know, nice and shuffled. And then we're going to go to start. And the winner is Diana Barrett. <gasps> Diana Barrett. You have won, my darling. Congratulations. You Fantastic. Have into... Oh, I was just about to zoom into Diane's name. Oh, sorry. Into Heather's face. <laughs> ah, that will be going on Instagram. Fantastic. Um, wow, Diana. We are, we are really excited to meet you um, and we'll get in touch with all the details of how you, uh, where to meet us and, and what's going to happen. Um, and please bring your plus one. That would be amazing. Gosh, how very exciting. Getting exciting, isn't it? Well, there we go. Right. So... On with the podcast. On with the pod. Now, where did it land last week? Do we remember? I don't remember because that was part of the editing fail. So last week, the Wheel of Destiny uh, landed in Whitehall. Yes. And um, I decided to talk about a lady who I'm sure many people know about, or at least you might think you know a little bit about, a lady called Pocahontas. I'm very excited about this week. I know very little about Pocahontas. Heather, how much do you know? Zero, apart from the cartoon. There we go. So have you both seen the cartoon? Uh, yes, but a long time ago. Okay, so this came out in the late, well, middle 1990s. And uh, I have to say a bit of a warning. You know, if if you are out there listening and Pocahontas is one of your favourite Disney movies and it just is something that you hold very, very dear to your heart. I've got to tell you that you probably shouldn't listen to this episode. Because, oh no, you could ruin it for us. Well, I mean, to say it kind of goes towards artistic licence is, um, you know, I'm basically going to ruin the story for you. Okay. Okay. I'll go now okay. then. Right, Heather, I'm leaving you to it. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's just a bit of a warning for you. Um, but let's dive in. So we are in the late 16th century and we believe that Pocahontas was born around 1596 in an area that back then was known as the Powhatan. And this is an area which at some point soon in the early 1600s is going to be colonised and called Jamestown, which I will come to. Um, now, we call her Pocahontas, but it was actually her mother who was called Pocahontas. Her oh. actual name was Ammonute. And as always, every episode, whenever I'm talking, I've probably pronounced that incorrectly. How, how is it spelt? A-M-O-N-U-T-E. Hmm. Am yeah, Ammonute. Am Ammonute, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, around this time... A lot of people that was living within this tribe had quite a few names. She also had another one, which was Matawaka, Matawaka, which meant the flower between two streams. Oh, yeah. I wish my name meant something nice like that. I know, yeah, right. But at least you're named after a flower, Heather. Yeah, that's my, something. My oh, that's true. Yes. My, my name means defender of men. Does it? <laughs> yes. Which... You do not. <laughs> <laughs> you do the complete opposite, don't you? Hey! <laughs> Very nice to all the people. <laughs> um, now, she was the daughter of the chief of Powhatan. He was called Wahan, Wahun Senaka. Wahun Senaka. And he was basically the big cheese. He um, was a very important leader and he actually kind of controlled or looked after about 30 individual tribes in the Powhatan settlement. 
Um, and he was given this um, kind of chiefdom from his mother and looked after a territory of about 14,000 people. Blimey, that's enormous. Yeah, so it's a huge area. I mean, it covers about 6,000 square miles. So it's massive. And it's also a very wealthy place indeed. Many of the men had many wives, had many children, um, as did this particular chief, Pocahontas's father. And tradition goes that back then a woman from each tribe, and as I say, you've got about 30 tribes, would um, be picked and married uh, the chief of the tribe. So it was kind of like a big honour if you were picked. You were picked around the age of 14 years of age. Oh, you then, Yeah, you then married the chief and then uh, gave birth to their baby. And once you weaned the baby, you were then allowed to go back to your home village, your, your original tribe, and start your own family. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, this sounds absolutely horrendous. But as I say, this was um, kind of considered such a huge honour to be picked. But, you know, it's very kind of like, oh, because 14 years of age is just yeah. so ridiculously young. Um, now, as I mentioned, that she um, was called Pocahontas because her mother was called Pocahontas. And apparently they were so similar. We don't unfortunately know too much about her mother. And some say that actually she might have died um, uh, not too long after Pocahontas was born. Not too sure. But it was her father who noticed their similarities. So kind of called her her mother's oh. name, which means the playful one. I like her already. Yes. Um, now let's talk about Jamestown for a second because around the time of Pocahontas kind of growing up and her father being the chief, you have um, the settlers coming from England and they create the first permanent English colony in North America during this time. Um, three ships bringing 144 settlers um, kind of took over the area, um, named it after King James I, who was reigning at the time. And it was picked because it was quite good in terms of being um, a defensive place. It was surrounded by water on three sides, this area. Okay. Um, so, uh, and at the time you had lots of um, kind of Spanish attacks or kind of uh, different elements of war coming from different directions. So they really wanted an area that was going to be safe. And also the water was deep enough that the English could tie their ships to the shoreline quite easily. Yep. Um, the president was a man called Edward Maria Winfield. And you had six council members underneath him, and one of which was a man called John Smith. Who ah, now he's the to. name that we know linked to Pocahontas, isn't he? Yes, exactly. So in the movie, there's this beautiful kind of connection. It's this romantic connection between Pocahontas, who sees John Smith, who is this English settler, and I'll come to it, but she basically falls to him and and stops him from being killed. But this is not how it went. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> anyway, and I was watching clips, because I haven't seen Pocahontas since I was a young girl, and I was like, oh, now that I kind of know and have done all the research, oh. I, I was looking at the clips and just kind of cringing at this at the scenes and I'm so sorry if you are a big Pocahontas fan um, but anyway I have to say as well that when you're looking for, for historic names John Smith 
I mean, it's not not a massively memorable name, is it really? Unless you're a beer. Unless you're a beer. Unless you're a beer. Yes. Yeah, that's very true. I take okay. it all back. Yeah. Um. So, um, they created a fort, the English, when they got there, because you know they thought, well, we don't know who who lives here. We could be attacked by the people that actually that that live within the area that were wanting to take over. Um. But they had all sorts of problems coming at them, especially in the way of disease. Um, they started to drink the river water, which was highly diseased. Food was running low, but Pocahontas's father, the chief, was sending gifts of food, and he actually really oh, wow. wanted to help the English. And originally, they formed quite um, quite a bond, quite a good relationship. But by 1609, so this is a couple of years later, um, this is basically soured because the English were demanding just far too much food. You'll surprise me. Right. Um, and in 1609 to 1610, it's actually known as the starving time because there's just nothing to eat. They're trying to eat animals. They're uh, eating leather from their shoes and their belts, sometimes eating fellow settlers that had already died. Uh, not very nice at all. Um, not in the movie, do you? No, exactly. Um, but somebody else comes to the island, uh, somebody um, who came with a group of people that were shipwrecked, um, and this is John Rolfe, who um, were kind of come to a little bit later. Or actually, I will tell you now that um, he is quite famous for introducing tobacco to uh, Jamestown. Oh, yes. I think that was, yeah, his name was ringing a bell when you said it. Yeah, so he introduces uh, this new strain of tobacco from seeds that he brought from elsewhere and he managed to turn the settlement into quite a, a profitable area. And he, he worked with the Virginia Company and recruited um, lots of people and, and actually got uh, over 90 women from England to come over to become wives and start families in Virginia to basically establish a permanent colony. Oh my goodness. And I just think, you know, how how did he pick those women? Did he just like, you know, go to Plymouth, go to the shoreline and just be like, <laughs> get on the ship! <laughs> Whoever's closest, whack him over the head to hold with you. Just awful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, now, there were quite a few attacks between the English and between the Powhatan tribe. And uh, Pocahontas's father had a brother who was the paramount chief, and he was called Ope Can Cano. And he planned a coordinated attack against the English. And he was basically tired of them taking advantage and taking all of the food. Fair enough, and- really. Yeah, and during this particular attack, about 400 people of, well, about 400 of the 1,200 settlers were killed. Wow. Yeah, so it was pretty huge. And they thought, because they'd killed so many, they thought that the English would basically withdrew and pack up and leave. But they didn't do that at all. They regrouped, they retaliated, and fighting went on for years and years until about the 1630s, actually, when it started to subside. Um, now, I'm tumbling forward with this, but within all of this war between the two tribes, between the English uh, settlers and the actual tribe that originated there, you, of course, have Pocahontas, who is born a young girl, playful, 
full of joy it said potentially had quite a few tattoos on her body and on her face which quite a few um, people in the Powhatan tribe had we don't know for sure um, but some some believe that um, it is said that she had her hair uh, shaven except for a small section just at the back which was grown out long and braided oh wow yeah and she would have been taught woman's work even though she had a privileged lifestyle because of course she is the daughter of the chief mm. she still had to you know know exactly what to do when she became an adult and a lot of the women actually in this tribe they were responsible for so many things building houses cooking collecting water um gathering firewood for fires which they kept going all the time yeah um they made mats for the houses baskets pots um Mommy, they what the men doing? Everything. i know right <laughs> they were also the barbers for the men they were also um kind of tanning all the hides and making clothes they also needed to know quite a lot of information about edible plants Ooh. because they were going to be using these plants either to cook with and to eat or to be using them for medicinal purposes so um quite a an in-depth amount of of knowledge i would say um for a woman that that they had um and she was about 11 years old when the settlers came okay um, now, John. So Smith, she wouldn't. She wouldn't have gone through all of the, you know, the bit of marrying or having the chief's baby and things by that point. She wouldn't have, um, you know, that that. She so she's still kind of considered a child by their standards, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, but not for long. So um, John Smith. We'll come back to him. Um, a lot of people are quite scared of him, actually. And if you look at the Pocahontas film, he comes across as a typical kind of Disney lad. You know, he's got this kind of blonde hair that's constantly swept back in this kind of like, you know, really kind of neat, tidy way with a little kind of flick at the back. Um, very, he comes across very young, actually, and he is about 40 years old. Right. Um, in comparison to Pocahontas, who's just a teenager. But in the film, it kind of shows that they are around the same age. Closer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so he was known to enter villages and basically put people at gunpoint and demanded food and demanded um, all the supplies. Um, uh, otherwise, he was going to kill people. So people were quite scared of him. And he was captured by Pocahontas's uh, uncle, Open Can Canoe. And Smith tells the story that he was basically taken to the chief and his head was placed down onto the ground and he was about to get bashed in the head with these rocks. My goodness. But Pocahontas, who's just a young girl at this point, a young teenager, suddenly rushes in to his aid and stops this from going on. He says that she placed her head upon his and said that if you kill him, you're also going to have to kill me. Wow. Now, this is what the film portrays. And you've got this kind of, um, this moment as well where she's talking to a tree and talking about how she had this dream of kind of um, feeling giddy about this, this settler, John Smith. And it just seems, um, well, a lot of people just believe that it, it can't be true because if there was an execution or or a, a kind of um somebody was going to get hurt in public there is no way that there would have been a young girl there there wouldn't have been any children there at all so it just seems a little bit 
a little bit strange and some say that he said it and wrote about it later in this book because he didn't want people to think that he had been untoward or um shall we say uh, abusive in any way to Pocahontas oh okay that's interesting hmm. so now, um, he, he could have just made the whole thing up just to sort of make himself look a bit better yes yeah hmm. which is just you know to think that if that is true and he did make that up for a whole movie a movie which is seen by so many so many people you know young and old that actually is is something that's not true is a little bit worrying hmm. isn't it Yes, but I don't think The Little Mermaid was that true either, so... No. <laughs> Alex, don't spoil it for people, it was. Sorry, sorry. Come on now, come on. <laughs> now, um, people would have known that Pocahontas had power. They would have seen her, because when there was peace talks, when the chief was given gifts, for instance, whether this was food or sometimes um, beads and pieces of jewellery to the English settlers... Um, Pocahontas would have usually have been there so people would have known that she was a very important person so this is where we start to kind of um, see that people are trying to uh, to capture her to to get more food and get more out of the Powhatan people okay so kind of keep like hold her to ransom or something yeah yeah mm. exactly um now this is where the war starts to get quite vicious and the English settlers are demanding more and more and they start to take quite a few women and take quite a few children and they start to violate the people of, or violate the women and children of Powhatan. Well, we are lovely people, aren't we? Um, yes, and um, this is something that the Powhatan people just never saw because if you did anything like that, then you were killed immediately. There was no ifs, there were no buts, there was no conversation. That is it, your life is going to end. So for them to start hearing that the English settlers are doing this is, you know, as you can imagine, the war is just going to keep on spiking. Yeah, of course. Um, and so then they set their sights, of course, on Pocahontas because they think if they take the chief's daughter then the war will stop and they'll be able to get what they want and they can fully take over the territory and at this point Pocahontas who's now 16 years of age she has married somebody she is married um, a man called Kukum and in the movie when she's talking to this tree the tree kind of makes out that Kukum um, doesn't smile isn't really interesting um, and Pocahontas herself kind of dismisses him it kind of seems as if she didn't really want to marry him okay. but it is believed that there was um, quite a solid relationship between the two so um, they get married so she gets married at the age of 16 she falls pregnant um, and the kidnap or the plan of the attack is that they're going to take her straight after she gives birth so she gives oh. birth to her baby and this is the and one had with Kukum her husband Kukum, yeah exactly um captain samuel argyle who's kind of in charge at this point of the english settlers he kidnaps her straight after and it's vicious oh because they do this because i mean even more so i mean she's 16 number one but she's just given birth you know completely weak there is no way that she's going to be able to fight that kind of thing off 
So she is carried to a ship, carried to his ship, and she's forced into a cell. Um, and oh, this, was, is, this is really... It's awful. awful. It's incredibly dark, incredibly dark. Um, it is written about her distress, but we don't exactly know what happened to her. What we do know is her husband, Kakum, instantly uh, tries to find her. And he's warring with all the men of Jamestown, all the English settlers along the way, trying to get to her. And he finally makes it to the ship, but he's gunned down before oh. he could save her. No. Um, I mean, that's the... Oh, it just infuriates me with Disney. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's the that's the real passion of somebody trying to like save their wife. And you've got this kind of this story of her uh, putting her head down and stopping them from killing this man. It's gone the wrong way. It's gone the sort of, yeah, the, the saviour of the white man rather than the, you know, Native American heroism. It's, yeah, that's not, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so they've now got Pocahontas. Her father is told, and they basically say to her father that if you want to see her, we need to see weapons which you have taken from us, which apparently they never had, because there was going to be this exchange where they were going to give, the English settlers were going to give the Powhatan lots of weapons in exchange for corn. But because there had been this huge drought, they, they could never grow any corn. So this right. exchange never happened. So the English settlers are asking for the weapons, they're asking for food, they're asking to basically take over. And if if you do, and you agree to all this, then you can see your daughter again. Mm. Um, but because the chief is like, well, I don't have any of your weapons, this exchange never, never takes place. Now we know that she stops eating um, because her sister was actually allowed to go and see her. And her sister says she's stopped eating completely. She's um, told me that she's been violated by the men on the ship. Um, but John Smith says in his book that she is only there for three months. Um, and it. is, yeah, And is treated very well, which, you know, is, is hugely conflicting. We then know that she becomes pregnant whilst being kept on this ship oh my goodness. by one of the men. So then, you know, they're probably thinking, well, if this gets out, then it's quite clear that, you know, we haven't really been looking after Pocahontas. So suddenly it's, uh, they think, well, let's, let's arrange a marriage. So this is where John Rolfe comes into the picture. And at so, this point... I have on, to... How old is she now? She's sort of six, still 16, is she? Or... Still 16. Yeah, still 16. Um, this is literally just after she's given birth. So about 16. Um, John Rolfe, who is um, in his 40s. Yes, that's right, because they get married when she's 17. She's 17, he's 40 when they get married. So John Rolfe is the one who brings over tobacco. Um, and suddenly you have this love story, which is part of Pocahontas 2, um, where they fall in love, fall in love, you know, mm -hmm. inverted commas. You already married um, to the other guy, Cuckoo. I mean, goodness. But I, it, you it, know, they're just it, pretending that marriage doesn't, doesn't exist, I guess. They know that he's been killed. So I guess they think, well, oh, okay. you know, because he's been killed, he's out of the picture and she can marry somebody else. So there's probably that as well. Anyway, so... Uh, um, her English at this point is probably not very good. It is better a little bit down the line, but at this point, you know, there's probably a lot of confusion. And remember, she isn't, she hasn't been allowed to see her father. The only person that she's yeah. been allowed to see for a minimum, you know, a tiny little bit of time was her sister. Um, 
So she marries John Rolfe and then it kind of seems that this is uh, kind of a true love. Um, They want to get married. They've fallen in love. Um, She was forced to be baptised a Christian and she is given an English name at this point, which is Rebecca. Okay. Um, so as I say, you know, the men on board, everybody is saying that it's it's love. Um, this goes back to her father who thinks, oh, okay, well, if she's in love and she's going to have another child, then fair enough. And he actually signs a peace treaty, um, which is just, it's just not true. But she still is never allowed to go and see him and see oh any goodness. of her family. Um, And John was asked how he felt about his wife. And he said his response was, and he must have had quite a few people coming to him saying that he was taking advantage of a teenager because he says if he was trying to take advantage of a teenager, he would choose one who was more pleasing to the eye. Whoa. Right. Me and John Rolfe are going to fall out in a big way. Honestly. We already were going to, but like, this is, yeah, okay. Um, now at this point, so she's 17, he's 40, they travel to England. And of course I mentioned, uh, uh, well, I think we mentioned last week that the reason why we're talking about Pocahontas is because it landed in Whitehall and we know that Pocahontas, um, went to an event in the banqueting house. So, um, they come to England, they come on a ship called the Treasurer. Um, this is in 1615 with their young son. Um, they land in Plymouth and people are fascinated by this story, this story of love in their eyes. People are purchasing souvenirs mm-hmm. um, with images of Pocahontas. And there's one that I'm going to put up on Instagram this week. It's of um, um, kind of a pressing. Um, oh, what's it called? You know, and you've got that kind of... Uh, an etching, an engraving. An etching. Yeah, that's it. An etching. An etching of her, which was created at the time when she was in London. And it's it's fascinating, actually. She's in, um, she's, well, kind of in English dress, you know, uh, what you would expect somebody living in England to wear. So she is, from the out, outlook, completely conforming. Mm. Um, so people are into this story. They, as I say, they have, uh, she gives birth to a boy called Thomas Rolfe, who potentially is not even the son of John no, Rolfe. Not. And and do we know what happened to her first baby? Um, I don't know, actually. Who stayed, because they took her away from the baby, I guess. So the baby was Yeah, stayed. I don't think she ever saw him again. I don't know what happened to him, but, oh. you know, she never saw any of her family. So I, I can't imagine that they would let her see... No. see that that child yeah um now she did get invited to a lot of parties which is why of course you know we talked about the banqueting house um which is the last part of whitehall palace um and at this point you know she really started to learn english she was um hanging around with members of the royal family she met queen anne she met king james and her english gets really really good to the point that they um decide that she should go back and see her family so she obviously hasn't seen her family or been allowed to see her family at all since she's been kidnapped but finally they say okay we're going to take you back to jamestown and as they're going up the thames suddenly she becomes incredibly ill and she dies on the boat oh my goodness um 
Now, how, some how old say, is she? She's still, I think she wasn't, I think she was in London for about 10 months. So she's probably about 18. Oh so my she goodness. wasn't, yeah, under a year she was in London. So still incredibly young. So she, um, they say contracted an illness, but some also think that it could well have been foul play because, you know, if she goes back to Jamestown and here in London, she's kind of acting like, yeah, you know, everything's fine and kind of going along with things. If she was to go back and explain to the chief exactly what has happened, then it's not going to be too good, is it? So some do suspect that it could well have been foul play. And her son, who was on the ship as well, he was also um, taken ill, but he recovers. Um, But before I go into her son, um, so she died uh, just coming uh, kind of along kind of Gravesend way along the Thames. And that is actually where you can find her burial ground at St George's Church. Mm. And her husband, who had a lot of money, would have had enough to give her a huge funeral and, you know, a a really beautiful burial. But he basically gave her hardly nothing. The funeral was tiny and it was basically a pauper's burial. It was an unmarked grave. Oh, that is, that's appalling. Isn't it? So there is a gravestone there now, is there? Now, um, it's it's quite nice. I, I, it's um, there's a little statue on top of Pocahontas, which is lovely. Um, so so yes, yeah, so essentially, within two years, she's been she's had a, she's had two children, mm. been kidnapped, seen her husband murdered, been married off to another guy, and has then died and sort of been cast aside. Mm-hmm. That is a lot, isn't it? So much. And I think what's really sad as well is with Disney, you know, there's a script, a script of Pocahontas and what they believe she would have said. And we don't have anything that that is actually said by her or we've got nothing. We've got no thoughts coming from Pocahontas herself at all yeah. within the story of this. We've got so much from John Smith and other people. I mean, John Smith wrote a book um, you know, talking about his connection to Pocahontas and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you've got to weigh mad. up the bias in that, haven't you? You've got to look and go, he, well, he's written a book about his relationship with this woman. Mm. And of course he's going to show himself in the best light. Mm-hmm. So how much can you trust the, you know, the validity of what he's saying? Mm. Cause with, with Disney as well, it's, you know, they, uh, the main thing is about the two coming together and it was Pocahontas that brought these two, um, the settlers and the tribe together and also kind of made the people in England kind of see these native Americans. And the, I guess the one good thing is Pocahontas was seen as this Indian princess was seen as somebody that people really loved and respected. And I guess the, the nice thing is that she, she must've had a really lovely personality for people to connect to her. And there's mm. something warm about that, that, you know, people were really taken with her for them to kind of learn about this part of the world, which I guess is something that Disney kind of try to create with the story that they've gone for. But um, it's a very sanitized view, isn't it? It's a very. Yes. Yeah. 
Good. And so, where? So, if she was buried without a, a tombstone, when did the tombstone pop up, and who who put it there? And do we know anything about that? So, in the garden, you can find what looks like a grave with a statue of Pocahontas on the top. Um, it's believed that she was buried in the chancel of a previous church that's no longer there because it was burnt down. But um, because it was an unmarked grave, they can't say for sure. However. A few years back, you did have a group of people who were wanting to try and find uh, Pocahontas's bones, but were unable to. Okay, so she, well, she's there somewhere, but we don't quite know exactly where. Exactly, she's there somewhere. And there's a memorial tablet to her in the church, which was um, created in 1898. Um And you can also find a memorial window to her as well. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's, gosh, that's so sad that, you know, her husband, even though he had all the money to do it, couldn't really be bothered to to actually... It really is. Yeah. And, um, and the statue has her in Powhatan attire, which I'm really pleased about, because can you imagine if... I think it would just been awful if they kind of dressed her in the attire that you would expect somebody from here to wear yeah um and she i'll put a picture up on instagram because she kind of stands with her arms kind of open and they talk about how it's kind of uh, to kind of welcome people in but uh, knowing this story it almost kind of i don't know has her being led there's something right. about her yeah. being led which I, I don't really like about it but um but yes, but um, but let's talk about her son because her son, he contracted um, an illness as well because they were both on the boat together going back to Jamestown to go and see yeah. their family. Do they know he, what it was that they... I mean, I know that you, you said there's a theory that she might have been done in, but do, you, mm-hmm. do we know what they thought it was illness-wise? No, not too sure. Not too sure. Um, but he he survived it, so he got better but um, he was basically given up. So his father, John Rolfe, decided that he wasn't going to look after his son, in inverted commas, because perhaps now that Pocahontas has passed away, he's thinking, well, this young boy isn't actually even mine. I mean, this is obviously just theory. Um, so gives him up to somebody else to look after. A man, called, yeah, a man called Lewis Starkley. And basically, Rolf didn't want anything to do with him. But John Rolf's brother was a bit of a nice man. He was called Henry Rolf, and he suddenly realises that his nephew is being looked after by this this man who is basically a, a stranger. Um, so he tries to get in touch with John Rolf, his brother, and says, look, you've got to look after your son, and if you don't, then I will. But if I look after him, you've got to at least send money so that I can can look after him and John Rolfe just ignores this completely and refuses to to give any child support at all he sounds like a nice guy this this John Rolfe doesn't he blimey doesn't he he ever make a good decision in his life that's awful I know but then when he dies he leaves um the tobacco um kind of plantation to his son so his son you know, who's age 20 at this point, inherits the tobacco farm and at least, I guess, gets something. Um, So he thinks, you know, I'm going to have to learn about the business and goes back to Jamestown or goes there for the first time in the hope that he's going to see his relatives. But at this point, 
um, the settlers that are, you know now kind of living in Jamestown have nothing to do with the Powhatan tribe at all, and the tribe refused to see <gasps> this young young boy, Pocahontas' son, so he never gets to see his relatives. Oh my goodness! Mm. That is such a tragic story. Do we know what happens to him? Does he stay there? I think he, he does. He does. I think he does stay there. Yeah. It's so tragic. Yeah. So such a, a sad, yeah. sad story, and I'm so sorry. Oh, you know, for those. I know it's awful, isn't it? Um, well, I'm glad I came on this one. <laughs> so sorry, Heather. We do have ones where we we titter and laugh as well, don't we, Alex? Um, but this one's a bit of um. I feel a bit sad. Thanks for ruining my holiday, Emily. And oh, I'm so sorry. And the cartoon. <laughs> right, well. Well, thanks, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Night then. Yeah, we're going to cry to the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> what a story. I mean, incredible story, awful story. And yeah, wow. I mean, thank you so much for that because, I mean, I I've, I didn't know anything about her. No. And, well, the little bit I thought I did know was, was complete rubbish. Well, I think also uh, quite a few people think, you know, just like The Little Mermaid doesn't exist, quite a few people think that Pocahontas, you know, is actually a, a fictional character. And when you say, oh, Pocahontas, you know, if you're doing a tour or something and it, and it comes up and, and you talk a little bit about her and say how she's buried in London, you know, people are quite shocked. Can we stop perpetuating this myth that the Little Mermaid isn't real? <laughs> yes, sorry, as sorry. I slap my, my fin now. My tower, it's okay, because Beauty and the Beast is real, so okay. that's fine. That's oh, okay. Beauty and the Beast is real. Gosh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Thank you, Em. No, no you're welcome. What a, uh, oh, yeah, depressing so- story. Well, before we find out where we're going next week, do you have anything that you want to uh, to tell everyone about? Um, just a bit of a reminder about Operation Mincemeat, maybe. Yes, yes. So um, Alex and I, we are going to the theatre to watch yeah. Operation Mincemeat, which was um, uh, a subject that Alex spoke about on one of our episodes. And we are basically saying to anybody, do you want to come? Yes, and I'm just checking how many seats there are left. Because last time I looked, there were very, very few. Um, But let's have a little look. It's the 19th of January, isn't it? Yes. And there are precisely two seats left. And they are next to each other. Mm. Oh, okay. But that's really good if you don't like your partner. That's very true. No, exactly. That is true. So do come and join us and we will have some space in the bar afterwards. But then after that, that's it. That's, uh, it'll be all sold out. And you don't know this, Alex, but I've got oh. an apology. But I wanted oh. to put this out there because I want people to know that they can, there's two places going now um, because I can't make <gasps> the Christmas lights tour on the 4th. Oh, okay. Okay. I can, I can do another date if you'll have me on another date. I'm saying this on the pod because if there are two people, because it was sold, sold, it was out, sold out, out, yeah, it was sold yep. out. So if there are two people out there that want to go on Alex's amazing Christmas this tour, Saturday, this Saturday, the this 4th Saturday of December, um, uh, when is it? Five, five thirty. Yes, let me check. <laughs> it is at um, five o'clock this Saturday. Yeah, five o'clock. Five o'clock. That's an um, hour and a half, 
um, Christmas lights tour around, you know, all the, all the best bits and pieces. And we talk about some of the history of the lights and that kind of thing. Yep, I'll move you to another date, Emily. We'll have a chat. Thank you. I just thought I'll put it on now because then people listening might be out of book. Absolutely. So for me, um, Christmas Lights Tour this weekend, Harlots on Sunday as well, uh, which is going to be so much fun. Um, so if you want to come on my tour about the Georgian sex trade, that is on uh, Sunday the 5th at 11am. Um, it's one of my faves. It's been going down very well indeed. Um, and then the next weekend I've got is the following weekend, nothing, because it's my dad's birthday. Um, oh. But we have... Uh, another Christmas lights tour on the 19th of December. We have a Harry Potter tour on the 21st of December at 2pm if anyone's in town with their kids and want to do it. And then Christmas lights again on the 21st and 23rd. And that'll be it for this year. But there are more dates up for next year for Street R and all sorts of other stuff. Gosh, all go. It all go. All go. Absolutely. The Wheel of Destiny. Lovely. Right. So are you ready for the wheel? Yes, let's do it. Spin that wheel, Em. Heather, are you ready for the wheel? Um, I think so. Uh, I'm not sure what the wheel is. Well, let me get it. Okay. <laughs> this is the wheel. Yes, I'm ready for the wheel. Let's do the wheel. Come on. Yeah, let's do that wheel. This I is mean, look at that wheel. We've made that wheel. Spin, it's amazing, isn't it? It's honestly. Wheel. You see, it's so, it's, it's so brightly it's coloured. It's amazing. We love I've, it. I've, I've recently given it a bit of... um. A bit of TLC. Oh, have you? Just, yeah, just it up a bit. Good. Right, here we go. Oh. Oh, it's landed in Soho. I don't know why I found that funny. It's landed <laughs> in Soho. Yay, Soho. Oh, well, that links in nicely with Harlots. Um, okay, who are we going to do in Soho? Let's think. Who have we got? I mean, plenty of people, uh, plenty of you know, music and all sorts. Um... Oh, I tell you who I noticed the other week who is on Meard Street, which is a really lovely street that actually we visit on our Harlots tour because it's a really lovely Georgian street. There is a plaque to Tallulah Bankhead. Do you know anything about her? Oh, I love that name, Tallulah. No. My name is Tallulah. I just love that name. Tallulah. She was just amazing. She was around at the early um, 1900s. She's an absolute firecracker of a woman. Um, so we're going to leave your depressing stories behind and we're going to go for a, a little bit of naughty, a bit of a, um, a bit of someone who, well, you'll, you'll, you'll hear next week, but she is great fun. Um, so let's talk to Lula oh. about it. Yep. Fantastic. Another saucy one. That's what we want. <laughs> That's what we want. Get the condiments out. Bit of, bit yes. of sauce for, uh, for Christmas. Um, so that'll be it for the next week. So there we go. Well, thank you very much for having Fantastic. me. Fantastic. Oh, you're very welcome, Heather. You can come back anytime. <laughs> can I come back anytime? Sure. Back to Portugal. That's yeah. the plan. And you can come as Can well. I come to Portugal? Oh, yes, of course you can come, but you have to bring the wheel with you. No problem. I've got a travel wheel. Yeah, we have a travel wheel. Which hasn't had that much use, so yeah, we bring it to have Portugal. Yeah. And you can do some spinning. Oh, that's Yeah, nice. fantastic. <laughs> Well, that's it for this week. Thank you all so much for coming along. Um, as always, please do go and give us a little cheeky review uh, on iTunes. Uh, five star would be amazing. Uh, it'll take you two seconds. We'd love you for it. Nice little Christmas present for us. Uh, but otherwise, get in touch. Have a chat to us. Let us know if there's any topics you want us to do in the future. Um, and we will see you next week for a bit of Tallulah Bankhead. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Alex and Heather. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. Lots of love and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.